where we, a real-life mother and daughter duo, rewatch Gilmore Girls and discuss the misadventures of fictional mother and daughter duo Lorelai and Rory Gilmore. I am Tessa Dare, a writer and the author of the paranormal mystery series The Karans and Chronicles, and Beth's daughter. And I'm Beth, Tessa's mom and fellow culture critic, writer, fan of the Gilmore Girls. We have been joined at the hip, much as Lorelai and Rory are, for just a little over three decades. And we may on occasion bring other cultural references into our discussion. Uh, I have had enough coffee for today. No more coffee for me. But I should warn listeners that I I may slip up and kind of like Lorelai might and call Tess by her birth name because that's the name that I gave her. But my goal is to follow her lead. Uh, Every week, we will start off with a synopsis of the episode, along with the date it aired, before heading into our discussion. So Beth is done with coffee. I am not done with coffee today. I am on my second cup of coffee, and I'm drinking it (laughs) in my very pretty, fancy blue goblet that my mommy got me for... My birthday? Christmas? I don't remember when you got this for me. I don't, but, I don't remember, but it's it's cold coffee then. Yeah, it's cold coffee. Well, it's, it's hot outside. I drink cold coffee when it's hot. Um, mm, yes. Oh, wait. Like most normal humans. <laughs> I think I think this was a housewarming gift or something, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Right after you moved in, I think. Yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah you got me this yeah. lovely set of blue goblets, and that is what I am drinking my coffee out of. So. Okay. All right. Well. Today's episode is episode four from season one. It's titled The Deer Hunters. Yes. Um, which is uh, a takeoff on a, a movie from the 70s called The Deer Hunters. Yes, also. I think. Although I'm not, we'll have to discuss the title later on. Yeah. But anyway, it originally aired October 26, 2000. Tess will give you the synopsis. Yes. And yeah, we should talk about uh, meaning of the title at the end of the episode because okay. I think that's when it comes into play. That's when it comes in. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, okay. the basic summary for this episode is um, we start off, well, we actually start off with a scene of back to school shopping, but the, the instigating incident of the episode is Rory gets a bad grade uh, at Shilton and proceeds to freak out. There's also a B-plot where Suki is having a kind of similar freak out, although her reasons are, uh, I mean, I guess you could argue that they're more personal in some ways, but Suki It's Suki still should. great, though. Yes, she she got it's she got a grade. She, I guess she didn't get an A plus. Yes, she she got an A minus, and she's uh, troubled yeah. over the minus. Rory, however, got a D. Um, Paris really rubs it in for her, and sh- there's another test coming up, and so she spends a lot of the episode getting ready for that test, only for things to go wrong at the last minute. All right, so now let's get into the the nitty gritty details. Um, so we do our opening scene. Our cold open for the episode is back to school shopping. I have watched this scene a couple of times now, and every time I'm trying to figure out if they're at 
Dozie's market? I don't think so because the market never looks like that on the inside, but they might be using the same set because I think you can kind of see a part of the Dozie's market spray paint on one of the windows, like the, mm. the decal on the outside. <laughs> this is totally not Look, important. It could but, be. Yeah. It could be there's another section of the market that we ordinarily don't see that has school supplies. Or because it's the beginning of the school year. Yeah. Well, no, it's not because she, she enters. Uh, yeah. She enters children late in the school year, so which, they wouldn't have a special section just for, yeah, but for that. Yeah, but it does look like it's a special section for that, which is kind of our, yes. our first weird time anachronism of the episode. There's going to be another one that we'll talk about in a little bit. But yeah, yet again, the Gilmore Girls appears to exist in a world outside of time or where weddings happen uh, in yes. the middle of the week. <laughs> um, and this particular opening I loved, though, because... It was all about the somber versus silly and their personalities just really come out yes. in this scene. You know, Rory is pretty somber. I mean, she can be silly, mm-hmm. but her, her natural personality is more subdued, more calm. In fact, that comes up later. In that, and maybe that's the point they're making yeah. because she is she is not quite stoic, but, but she has... She just has a lot of patience. She's calm. You know, her mother is more uh, seat of the pants, you know, risk taker. Um, yeah, and has a, but but Rory has a long fuse. Yes. I mean, that's a really important point to make at the beginning of this episode. She has a long fuse. Her mother does not. Anyway, so that kind of comes out, that contrast yeah. in this opening scene where she's making fun of her and trying to get her to get get the colorful post-its, yes. the colorful uh, legal pads. Yes. So, what did she yeah. say? It's the the erasers are on lithium or something? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a great scene. Yeah, it's, but... it's a good scene. And yeah, Rory, I mean, Rory is more serious than Lorelai, especially when it comes to her own schoolwork. And that is important Mm -hmm. in this episode. And that comes up too. And in fact, the very next scene, and maybe kind of underlines that point, the next scene is Rory getting off the bus to go to school, only she has to get off the bus several times because she keeps having to go back to grab more of her bags. Why does she have so much stuff? I don't know. She has like a a gym bag packed to the gills, yeah. and then she's got a backpack, and then she's something else. There's three. She makes. Yeah, she goes back things, on. Yeah. She's three three trips she makes, and I I don't understand why anybody needs to carry that much stuff to school. I, I don't in fact, know. I wrote it in my notes. Why does she have so much stuff? I don't know. I mean, I think it's partly just a visual gag. I think it's, you know, it is, kind it of is. A, a metaphor for how much work she's doing. And it reinforces how serious she is. Yeah. She is really prepared. Yeah. She didn't leave anything at home. <laughs> and unfortunately, right after that is when she walks uh, into the classroom and or when she goes to, to class and learns that she has gotten a D. The teacher is a new character uh, named Max Medina. Um, and he has a pretty good line about, uh, how, uh, what is it? Uh, It says, uh, look at the large red circles around various parts of your paper as friendly reminders that to err is human and that here at Shilton, we try to beat that humanity right out of you. And and it's true. It's true. It's exactly what they do. And that is, there's a little bit, uh, quite a bit of foreshadowing in this scene actually, because he says that, and then he talks about, um, you know about this test that's coming up and how there are no makeups mm-hmm. that's foreshadowing it's 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 not you know and this this is a at the end when we're 
when we get to the end, this is what I want to talk about is why is this important? Why is it important to prepare, to prepare these students for not, you know, you're taking the joy out of it yeah. for them. So, um, yeah. and that's, and he, that's kind of what his statement means. You know, we're going to beat the humanity out of you. Yeah. He says it sarcastically, but it's true. And I think there is, uh, I mean, Chilton is definitely an extreme example intentionally because Chilton is not just about education, but it's also kind of about that like upper class Northeastern mentality of like perfection or else. Mm -hmm. But I, I do, I really like that line. And I do think that to an extent, it can be applied to a lot of the way that we do schooling, at least in America. I mean, you know, maybe this is not the right place to go into my treatise on uh, education. But it, it, it's something interesting to think about, you know, when you get a paperback, and there's a lot of like red marks on it, some of that is good. And some of that teaches you you know how you've made errors but because it should be constructive it should be constructive and because you know because teachers are also human uh you might on occasion encounter a teacher who is not so much trying to educate you as trying to fit you into a particular mold and sometimes some of the feedback that you're going to get back on papers is going to be more about that mm -hmm. teacher's preference than it is about any kind of objective standard. Um, and I think- But that's kind of contradictory in what we see in this teacher. Mm -hmm. yeah. His big line in this scene is, you know, we're gonna beat the humanity right out of you, yet he gives her a D when he knows very well that this, we're into the fourth episode here. Mm -hmm. She's been at this school a week, mm -hmm. two weeks, and she's behind, she started this semester late. She's behind on the reading. She had a lot of catching up to do. And first of all, he never says anything about that. He doesn't say it on, a, on the paper. And um, what's her name? Paris, mm -hmm. who just rubs it in for 30 seconds or more yeah. and, you know, calls her names. It's like, you know, you know that she is new to this school. And but Paris is so competitive yeah. and so convinced that she has to be number one. And for some reason, she she senses and worry a, a true competitor yeah. with her for for spot number one. Yeah. And I'm not sure why she senses that, but she senses it, and she's right to sense it because she worry is smarter than all the other girls yeah. except Paris. So, and we will we'll find that out as time goes on. But she's they're just like beating her down from the moment she walks in yeah. the door yeah. two weeks before. And I mean, I feel like the implication, at least, is that Chilton is fine with them doing that, if not encourages them to do that. You right. Know, Chilton has... Oh, I think that's... You're right. Yeah, yes. Chilton has set this system up so that it's a zero-sum game for everybody, and Paris is playing that game the way she has been taught to play. But yeah, I mean, I do think that Max in this episode is a little bit of a contradiction, and maybe part of that is just that they needed to introduce him somehow, and the episode needs to have something interesting going on so it can't just all be candy and flowers but uh i think we're supposed to take that he is one of the nicer more caring teachers at the school and that he really does want rory to do well but he is hamstrung by the school's policies um mm -hmm. and we don't yeah. i feel like we don't really get that deeper into it but i've feel like that is I don't know that's an, that's an interesting commentary and it definitely makes me think maybe this school should rethink how it does things if the nice teacher feels like they are hamstrung by the school's policies you know yes yeah and, and I think also this opening set of scenes 
is trying to reinforce that this is an alien landscape for for Rory. Um, you know, they, they finished this difficult scene with that asshole whose name I can never remember coming up to her and calling her Mary. Oh. And, and we all know what the Mary name is now. What is his name? Tristan. He, Tristan. You know, he's, oh, God, of course it is. <laughs> It's Tristan. Um, so, and, and you know, and that scene goes on, you know, and she, and you could just see her, and it's just, it's too much. It's too much. You yeah. know, first she gets a D, then Paris hits her over the head with all these insults, and then Tristan calls her Mary. Acts like she is, calls her Mary, which is, uh, you want to do a rehash on that? I'm trying, I know it's a bad thing, but I can't remember what it, why it was bad. It's, yeah, I mean, it's 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 like a combo. It's it's a it's covering all bases. They they start off by calling her Mary, and it's you can either be like Mary Magdalene, and then you're a whore, or you can be like the Virgin Mary, and then you're a a goody goody, a goody two shoes. Yeah, and I think in, yeah. in Rory's case, and it's just the, the fact that he's in, and he's insisting on not. Mm-hmm learning her name he knows her name mm-hmm. but he won't use it yeah. because he's it, it's a way of you know putting her in her place yes, exactly i'm not going to learn your name i'm going to call you what i want to call you yeah. so it's that I, I i actually re-watched this the other night when i was really tired <laughs> I, and i wrote down scene with asshole i really hate him <laughs> yeah. and, and Tristan is one of the worst characters. He's the worst. He is worst. I mean, you know, Paris redeems herself many times over later on in the series, but and we come to love her. Yeah. But boy, we never love Tristan. We don't. We don't. We just want somebody to shoot him. Yeah. You know, if there was, he gets he gets more <laughs> development later on. But I do agree. He's he's never really likable. He's no, he's never he's really likable. Uh, but I but so I do then, think then go. I do think he's kind of a good like. I do think that he's. Like, when I say he's a bad character, I mean he, like, sucks to watch, but I do think that he is a representation of a very real type of boy who is at these schools. Mm, uh, Absolutely. Who uses their kind of privilege, essentially, to put other people in their place, often from a... I mean, it's it's sexual harassment. What he's doing to her is is oh absolutely is coded is. Yeah. sexual harassment, basically. It's very much. He's also a counterpoint to Rory. Yes, because there is not a kinder soul really on the planet. Mm-hmm. I mean, Rory is the embodiment of kindness and inclusion and welcoming. She she's just this open person who doesn't does not assume anything bad about people, and yet she is getting mistreated by the teacher, by Paris, mm-hmm. and by Tristan. Yeah. It, it's a very difficult opening to watch it was for me anyway yeah for sure for sure yeah because you you definitely feel like you're right in it with rory and none of this is her fault and yet she keeps getting mm. pooped on basically mm-hmm. and we'll come back to that yes. towards the end of the scene or the end of the, end of the episode yeah. where she makes a decision and i just had tears streaming down my face because she's such a strong character yeah. so this is this is the first uh, evidence we get in this episode of what a strong personality she is what a strong young woman she is so anyway so the next scene yes. is in the re- is in the restaurant yes and we've got or in the inn yeah in, in the inn and we've got uh drella and michelle sniping at each other again um and i think <laughs> i uh, i didn't make a specific note but at some point lorelei walks by drella and apparently she's playing oh i've totally blacked out what it was pearl jam no. I don't think it's Pearl Jam. It Pearl? It's like Metallica. It's... I think it was Metallica. Metallica. Yeah. No, I don't think it's Metallica. It's something. But I anyway, written it down. so then she, 
I should have written that. And then she gives her a list of pl- things she can't up play. And she includes in that list Queen and Steely Dan. And I'm like, where was she getting this list? I'm guessing these are things that Drella has played before. Has, I know. That's what I'm saying. But why? my, my question is, I guess, why is Drella com- playing Steely Dan and Queen? And then and then the, everything else was like, you know, um, hardcore metal. Yeah. So <clears throat> I don't know. <laughs> On a harp, by the way on a harp she is playing this i mean steely dan works for me on a harp but i can't even hear the other stuff on a harp (laughs) Uh, love drella all right so then we get to uh what i guess is kind of the oh wait it's black sabbath i did write it down it was black sabbath Sabbath. yes 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 (laughs) yeah that's what it is black sabbath and steely dan Dan. (laughs) um okay so uh, but then uh, we do get the what I what I think qualifies as the B plot of this episode, um, which is Suki and the um, the review. Lorelai picks up a magazine which appears to be called Four Star Dining, and it has a review of the inn's restaurant. And uh, Lorelai reads it out to Suki, who's very anxious about it. And uh, it is it's a very good review. It's overall a glowing yeah, a review. review. Um, however, he wasn't wowed by the risotto. Which it was fine. Yes, he said it was fine. F I N E. It was fine. It was fine. <laughs> which a fine risotto. Which devastates Suki. <laughs> she of course like immediately blacks out everything else that's good in the review and focuses. Yeah, which is pretty great. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty great it's, review. It's a great review, but uh, she's devastated by it. And Rory actually shows up during this scene, also devastated, but uh, Lorelai kind of doesn't notice or doesn't like pick up on what's Nobody going on. Nobody does. Everybody is focused on Suki, yeah. who is the drama queen in any scene she's in. Well, and because they were in the middle of reading the review, so that's what's got their yeah. focus. Yeah, that's true. And her reaction is weird. <laughs> like, it's, it's not just that it's dramatic, it's that she should be overjoyed by this review, and instead yes. she's devastated by it. Um, so yeah, so nobody quite picks up that Rory is also having a very bad day. Homework. is The next scene is homework. Yeah, the next scene is homework, which is uh, kind of a funny reversal of the normal parent-child dynamic. Yes. Put that homework away and let's go get some ice cream. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Lorelai is kind of acting like a little kid who cannot focus mm-hmm. on any one thing and just wants to go get ice cream. And, and she says she's hungry and, and every time she says something... Rory talks to her like she's the parent. You're right. Yep. It's a reversal. At one point she says, there's pizza. Go get the pizza. <laughs> and then Lorelai's like, it's cold. So warm it up. <laughs> so warm it up. <laughs> it's not as good. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, and Rory, it, it, what I have in my notes is Lorelai needs to get a life now that Rory has a more serious and, compl- and busy life. Yeah. And this is going to keep happening, yeah. you know. Lorelai's gonna have to her whole world has has been her daughter for 16 years and her and you know in a career and she does have friends but they come home at night and they have a routine you know they they Rory would get through her homework probably very quickly because it was public school and it was a lot easier uh and then they they'd watch tv or or you know watch a movie and eat popcorn and she doesn't have that kind of time now and I remember this from when you started at at Thomas Jefferson um shout out to Thomas Jefferson um they they and of course a lot of times you would come home and we'd have dinner and and we'd watch some kind of tv and then you would start 
your homework at 10 o'clock, which was, you know, <laughs> always bother, always bother because you'd be awake until one or two o'clock. But you did spend three or four hours every night on homework because prep schools, that's what is yeah. required. Also, and to, to be it's fair, serious. Uh, just, <laughs> just to make me sound a little less terrible, you, the, the way that TJ was set up was we had a lot of extra time in the afternoon. Yes, to work that's on our homework. True. You didn't come and pick me up until 5 p.m. We were supposed to be on mm-hmm. campus until 5 p.m. And much of mm-hmm. that time was free time. And I usually did spend that time studying. So usually you did. Yeah. I would be doing homework in the afternoon. I would try to get a couple of my subjects done. And then I would have some left in the evening. And yes, I would mm-hmm. often start it way too late. Um, but, you know, I had to watch The O.C. every Thursday. And that was just yeah, not there were, there were a few other shows, too. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so you would start, and I, I remember one time telling people, she starts her homework at 10 o'clock at night, and, but I think by 12 or 1, you were in bed, and then you were literally rolling out of bed 15 minutes before we left the house. Yep. My, Simon and I would be up, would have been up for an hour, mm-hmm. but we let you sleep as long as you could. I remember you, and, you used um, to bring me uh, veggie sausages in a bowl to my bed, and I would eat them <laughs> and go back to sleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you would sleep in, and then pull up dirty clothes usually and throw them <laughs> I mean I only had so many dress pants and dress shirts I yeah would... we didn't we didn't we didn't have money for a big we didn't have a budget yeah. for it and that's another thing too when you go to prep school uh, now I think Rory her school has uniforms, uniforms. But and we had that whole conversation in the first episode. Yeah. But your school didn't require uniforms, but you did have to dress a certain way. Yes. And you know the the boys had to wear they always had to wear jackets, but they had to wear ties. They always had and dress to shirts. wear ties. I think they had to either wear a jacket or a sweater. Okay, it, it was like, it right. was actually kind of it. I I can't speak to the present day. I think they have actually relaxed the dress code a fair bit. But um, at the time, it was kind of an ongoing joke that the dress code was strict for everybody, but it was way worse for the boys. The boys were, I think, not allowed to wear shorts. They had to wear uh, long dress pants. They had to wear belts uh, that were, like, done properly. Their shirts had to be tucked in, and they had to be wearing ties, and they had to either wear a jacket or a sweater girls had to Mm -hmm. dress nicely but it wasn't quite the same in part because i mean women tend to have more options in general but you know like like i i usually no patch pockets no patch pockets pockets. Uh, yeah i got i got in trouble one time because i wore one of your pairs of pants to school not realizing the patch pockets yes um, in the very early days, yeah. it was the, I think the first couple months. And yeah, I, I, I'm realizing anyone listening to this might not understand what we're talking about because I didn't. What's a patch pocket? I didn't know the term patch pocket before I went to TJ. I didn't either. There, so if if you're looking at a pair of pants and it has pockets on it, it's either going to be a slit pocket where all you see is the top slit, or it's going to be a patch that has been sewn on top. Jeans on the back tend to have patch pockets uh and that is what was not allowed also in general no one was allowed to wear jeans period um no but but you could wear pants you could wear other pants but not if they had patch pockets sewn on um so yeah so i wore one of your pair of corduroy pants and got in trouble I mean, I wore them because this was when I didn't have enough clothes really to get through the week. Right, right. So I wore a pair. You never did, pair, really. Uh, yeah. I wore a pair of your pants, assuming it would be fine, uh, and got in trouble for the patch pocket. And I didn't have any pants to change into, so I believe I got 12 demerits for that. <laughs> so the next scene is in Kim's store. Yes. 
yeah, Rory goes to uh, Kim's Antiques, and she and Lane have to play Marco Polo to find each other. Lane is eating a rice cake, which I do just want to say, I love rice cakes, but I don't eat them plain. I eat, like, the flavored kind. Um. Yeah, and and the answer that she gave when Rory asked her, she, she said, what is that? She said, 20 calories. I think 12. She didn't even, oh, 12 calories. <laughs> She didn't even tell her it was a rice cake. She just said it was. And then, of course, Rory has a, a candy bar for her. Yes. Which they have to hide from, from is it Miss Kim or is it Kim? It's just Kim, right? Uh, Mrs. Um, Kim. Mrs. Kim. So she has to hide that from her. But the, the frustrating thing about this scene is they have to move three times. Every time they sit down at a table, she walks, Mrs. Kim walks up to them and says, that table's sold, yep. move. So it's an antique store. Yep. And it's a hoarder's antique store because they literally cannot find each other. Yeah. Anytime they're in that store, it's the same running gag. And Lane, at the end of the scene, says something like, I hate sales. So I think the implication is supposed to be that they're they're having a sale right now, so it's worse than normal. Um, but right. also, Mrs. Kim does actually see the Snickers, and then Rory quickly grabs it and claims that it's hers. Uh, and I don't mm-hmm. remember exactly what... It takes a bite. Yeah, I don't remember exactly what Mrs. Kim says, but it's something like, it's chocolate-covered death or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Uh, oh, and uh. the other main thing that happens is Lane mentions that Dean has asked about Rory. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Lane told her that she's going to the smart person school. And then and they have a conversation about how smart Rory is. Rory doesn't feel smart at this point. No. Because she got a D. Yes. She does not. She's not feeling it. Yeah. She's not feeling smart. Feeling pretty down. So then they go... But then I have in my in my notes that the next scene is the harpist with the Black Sabbath. Yeah, I, I, I think actually so. did write Black Sabbath down. Yeah, I, I, yeah, this is actually where it comes up in my notes. I think I that's where that scene comes in. But then we'll, so let's skip to the next one because yeah. we've already talked about that one. Uh, in the kitchen with Suki depressed. Yes, yeah. So Suki's depressed. Lorelai does try to tell Suki about how crazy Chilton is um, because she has to go to yet another parent-teacher conference, uh, and she references. How, like, the one last week everyone got into a fight about scrunchies. I thought she was baking that up. That she was just teasing. But when she goes to the... <laughs> but, but then it comes up later, yeah. It comes up at the... Yeah, this actually did happen. Yeah, it, it does sound like it's a joke. But it turns out later that she was being quite serious. Um, but Suki is, like, barely able to pay attention because she's so depressed about Which the review it's not unusual for suki yeah. let me just point out yes she we love her to death but she is very self-absorbed yes um, throughout the series and at this point we learned that suki apparently saved her own mother's life with the risotto she uh, apparently they had gotten some sort of diagnosis and her mother was supposed to die die uh, but she gave her and the she risotto for three years and she, yeah and she <laughs> and the risotto <laughs> brought her back to life uh, and apparently this yeah. story is pretty well known because Jackson shows up and hears that she got a bad review for the risotto and he calls it like the magic life-saving risotto. Yes. <laughs> All right. And then we get to the parent-teacher meeting, which this parent-teacher meeting is fascinating. So Lorelai shows up late because I think Always. what happened is she ran over a pothole and spilled coffee all over herself and then had to change mm-hmm. her shirt. And my first... My first big... And she's wearing... She puts on a B-52s shirt. Yes. Yes. Music is a constant theme in this show. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so she comes in a bit late. The other parents are clearly a bit disdainful of her. Um, Well, but they're disdainful because she interrupted their... Their pseudo intellectual discussion of the lit- of the of the uh, curriculum in this class. It's like yeah. people shut 
up. I Let even... the teacher talk. Oh, it was horrible. Yeah, it was horrible. I would <laughs> I would even say that calling it pseudo-intellectual is almost giving them too much credit. They're Too much credit. They're like literally talking about bribing the person who gives the test. Like they're they're telling him that they don't want him to teach Marlo because they don't think that Marlo will show up on the AP test and all they on care the about test. is the test. And the teacher makes a joke about bribing the uh, test giver and the parents take it seriously. Take it seriously. And immediately wonder if that's an option, which I think like, oh, I mean, at, yes. at the time we didn't, <laughs> we didn't know how real we th- that was. We thought but, that was funny. Yeah. But nowadays we are living in a post-college admission scandal world. Um, yep. And, and I will yep. say, as someone who went to private school, yeah, that's absolutely a, a freaking real thing. Um, mm-hmm. I, like, absolutely knew students in college whose resumes were padded. And uh, when I was in college, I remember reading about, and I remember this because I considered doing it, reading about students who made money writing papers for other students yeah. and made a oh, lot of yeah. money like made good money the, i i read yeah. some sort of like uh, it was like a blog post by someone who said that they made eighty thousand dollars a year writing papers for other students and i think that's only gone up uh, I, I could actually get work doing that yeah and 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 they 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 advertise without any chagrin yep. without mm-hmm. i mean they just because they, they they code it in word and saying oh i need somebody to help me mm-hmm. write my paper Tutoring. and to edit it for me yeah tutoring yeah yeah but but we know what it is. Yeah, no, it's, it's shameless. Um, here's the, here's a question I have about that scene though, because they're talking about the AP test, but then when and maybe it's when they take a break, and uh, Lorelai and the teacher are talking on the side, and she says something about the SAT test mm-hmm. is coming up on a Saturday. Uh, let's see. So they switched from the AP test. It's like, do they not know yeah. the AP test and SAT test? First of all, AP tests don't happen in the fall. They yeah. happen in the spring. Exactly. So that, and... that was my number one issue was like, <laughs> there, there is no way, because Max says like there's an AP test next month, and I was like, no, there's not. The a- no, the AP there's test... an SAT yeah. test. Yeah. yeah. The, the yeah. SAT and the PSAT get uh, are, are held like multiple During times a year, but the AP test yeah only happen in late spring <laughs> yep absolutely end of the school year because you have so much curriculum you have mm-hmm. to get in before they can take the test so and it's like usually like end of april yeah oh, it depends on the school year now you was end of april when i was in school but for you it might have been a little well no i would say it was the same for you because your school year was longer a- april may yeah i'm pretty sure we took them april may um but yeah and and yeah. well and there's another difference too which is that as far as i know you cannot retake the ap test you take nope. you take it once and that's your score. That's the it. SAT test you can take over and over again. Yeah. And in fact, I think a lot of Now the PS the PSAT test only once. Yes. But um yeah. But that I, is actually a, a, a test that qualifies you for National Merit Scholarship. Yeah. So it's a one-time one thing. But I believe at my school, we actually had to take the SAT twice. They would, I think we took it once late junior year and then again early senior year. I, I think you may have taken it three times because I think you well, took, we took it as a PSAT. prep. Oh, yeah. Well, I think we also you did it as a, a, prep a prep for the PSAT. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. you can't take the PSAT twice. So you prepped it yeah. by... By by taking now it might have not been uh, I don't remember no I think you did your your sophomore into sophomore year you guys took uh, an SAT test uh, to prep for the PSAT I think so yeah I think we 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 did do a practice test that didn't count mm-hmm. and then we took the actual PSAT but I think um, we took the official SAT in a in a manner that counted twice I think we we yeah. we did 
extra I, th I think we did another practice in between at least one if not more than one but then we actually sat for the test officially twice yeah uh, because I think there's uh, there's and there was like a very specific reason for it. It was like, typically, if you take it twice, your score can improve by about 100 points. But usually, it never usually improves not more, more than, than that. that. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> SAT yeah. advice for me, take the SAT at least twice. <laughs> but probably no more than that. Yep. But anyway, yeah, no, my first issue with this scene was like, this is they're talking about the AP test. There's no way this is accurate. Mm -mm. Like the AP test doesn't happen in the fall. So are we supposed to think that these people who create and write and produce these these kind of TV shows never went to college, never took an AP test, I don't, don't have kids who went to college, they don't understand or they don't know when AP tests happen. Doesn't everybody know that? Yeah, I, I, I mean, it's hard to say or or if they're just assuming that like your average person either isn't going to know or isn't going to notice what tests we're talking about. I don't know how common it is to take AP tests now. I know... When I was in high school, people who went to public school didn't necessarily take AP tests. Um, at my school, everyone had to take the AP test. It was absolutely required. It was required. Yeah. 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 Um, all of our classes, junior and senior year, all of them were AP classes. Um, well, now at the at the public school in the school district where we lived, your brother uh, had the option to take AP tests. He had two or three AP classes. He did not want to take the test in those yeah. classes and he didn't yeah. uh he did perfectly fine in the test had no interest in taking taking the ap test and and that was fine because they're pretty expensive yeah. and which i didn't realize until you were in high school because when i went to high school my ap tests were paid for by the school district um, we did not have to pay for them i never okay. I, I didn't have any idea that i mean that's how forward thinking our school district was because yeah. i've talked to other people my age about this and they're like oh no we had to pay for your ap test yeah. but we didn't that was an unusual situation that I didn't learn about until you were a high school student. And when when Simon was, you know, when he decided not to take the test, I was like, that's fine. Yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> I wonder, um, I guess when the writers of this episode were in high school, if it was relatively rare to take AP tests. So maybe they just figured most people wouldn't know about it. Or if they just figured that no one's going to be paying as close attention to the detail as you and I As you and are. I are. Yes. <laughs> Because we're all about the detail. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So there's one more thing that I wanted to talk about here, which is the, the classism showing its ugly head again. Lorelai, I don't even remember what specific comment she says that sets them off. Oh, no, I remember. She says something about maybe wanting to come for the test and see what all the excitement is about. And the other parents poo-poo her. And one of them specifically insults her by saying that her daughter must be one of the scholarship students in this very, yeah. like, denigrating tone. Well, and that happens with Lorelai a lot. Yes. Because some of these things she doesn't know about. She dropped out of high school at 16. And what they don't know is that she comes from a wealthy family. Yeah. So education and wealth don't always... You know, I mean, she wants to go. She goes back to school. Yeah. She, she wants to go back to college. And I think she is working on, on her business degree. Yeah. But she didn't do it at the time when most people do it. She didn't go to Harvard. Uh, and that's something that's going to come up in a minute, too. So go ahead and finish with this scene. Also, I mean, I think that woman is just, like, wildly off base. Like, I don't even think it's Lorelai's lack of education that is why she wants to do this. It's just that she's, like, actually a more supportive parent than any of these people. Yes. Like, these parents just want to pay their kids' way 
stay into school, whereas Lorelai wants to be there with her daughter for the exciting moments. That's like literally why she, she wants, wants to see yeah. the test is because it's an exciting I, moment. I do think too that she wants to um, share the excitement yes. of that moment because her daughter's getting ready to go to college. Exactly. That's what all this is about. And she's excited about that because she didn't get to finish high school, much less go to college. Yes. And all, all these other people in the room, all of the parents and the teacher have all gone to college. It To them, it's a standard thing. It's what everybody does. Yeah. But to, to Lorelai, even though she comes from this wealthy background, it is not. You know, it, it's 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 new and exciting and she's excited. And But you know what? Here's the thing. I was excited for you. I didn't want to be in the room when you took the test. But, it's a long but test. I, it's a long test. And and it would be distracting. And it, it's illegal. I mean, not illegal, but they're not going to let it's you in the room. Right. Against the rules. And that's the other thing she didn't know. It's they wouldn't, the, the proctors wouldn't let you in the room anyway. But it was exciting for me to see you go through this process. I share in that with Lorelai. Yeah. It was very exciting. I am not so hardened that this wasn't exciting to me. Because, you know, let's remember, I was a first-generation college kid. You're a second generation. That's yes. far removed from what a lot of those people in this in this meeting are have experienced. Yeah, so. yeah, and I think that's the other side to it too. Is that for Lorelai and for Rory, they have a very idealistic idea about what they want Rory's future to be, and it's kind of a romantic idea, but it's also mm-hmm. about you know their shared passions and and the life that they want Rory to live whereas for these parents it's just sort of expected that their kids are going to go to these highfalutin and be successful yeah and that they're going to find ways to you know bribe the the test giver and you know they're they're just it's not really the same kind of idealism and excitement and enjoyment of learning it's more about the economic side and just the expectation that you're rich and you're going to stay rich and you're going to do the things that you have to do to stay rich and that means going to this school and then going to Mm -hmm. x college you know Mm -hmm. yeah and so i guess to that extent that lady is right that lorelei is more like a quote-unquote scholarship student in that she still has that excitement for learning and it's not just a rote expectation yeah it is and but it's also a certain mentality you know when I was in college, I remember taking classes that I really loved and realizing at some point that I was not on a career path, college career, yeah. career path, that I was just taking classes that I, about, you know, topics that I wanted to learn about. And at one point it occurred to me, I am going to college to learn. I'm not going to college to get a job. That's very different from what a lot of people do. You yeah. know, a lot of people go to college to get a job. Yeah. Well, I wasn't able to get a job right after college. I had to, you know, have a, a bunch of crappy jobs for a long time. And people I knew who did the other way had jobs waiting for them yeah. the day after graduation. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, and I don't think either way is wrong or right. It's just personalities and what you want yeah. out of life. So, but um, but this this kind of the, the, the D discussion she has with the teacher when she realizes... At the end, you know, at the end, they take a yeah. break. They're on the break. Yes. And he tells her, but he says, I'm so sorry. Is she okay? You know, about, and, and Lorelai doesn't know because she hasn't given Rory a chance. Before, she didn't pick up on Rory's mood yeah. enough to ask her what's wrong. Yeah. And the teacher tells her that, it, that she got the D and Lorelai leaves the, leaves the room, drives home because she realizes, oh my God, my overachieving daughter got a D. Yeah. And I had didn't know this. She's probably she's probably been depressed. Yeah. There's probably you know all kinds of things going on with her. 
uh, and then they and they do have a, a discussion about how and I'm, I'm talking about this because I, I want to make a point but learning how to ride a bike yeah. you know when, when it took her so long it took um Rory so long to learn how to ride a bike was it seven months I think uh, four. Um, it was four four months yeah so it took her a long time she's a perfectionist she doesn't like to fail yeah. remind you of anyone yes you so um <laughs> Remind me, right? Yes. Remind you of anyone? Um, I got lots of stories that we won't get into, but my daughter <laughs> is 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 just like Rory in this regard. You don't like to fail, so when I'm watching this scene, and it's funny because I've watched this this episode twice now, took the exact same notes. Sarah doesn't like to fail either. <laughs> <laughs> Rory, you know, it is really she's really depressed because she feels like she's failed. And doesn't she's not ready to give up though? And we'll get to that again in a in a little bit. But then, uh, do you have anything else to say on this on this thing? Um, let's see. Uh, I guess I I would just <laughs> mention that apparently Max is either Max is really bad at making coffee or he has been given bad tools to do so. Uh, Lorelai still can't stop drinking the coffee, but it sucks. Mm-hmm. And they she makes a reference that Max made it. I will say, uh, based on where they are, I think it's probably one of those like big coffee makers that's meant to just like churn out a bunch at once and that coffee is never very good um, it's probably been sitting there for hours and yeah it's probably been sitting there for a while and i'm not totally convinced that max is the one who made it but yeah that the coffee's bad but also you can kind of start to tell in this scene that max is a little interested in laurel oh of course <laughs> every it, the, some of my other notes say every man she comes into yeah. contact with falls in love with her except of course the the headmaster of the school but we'll get to that in a little bit yeah. <laughs> but yeah but every yeah. man Mac, she's gorgeous yeah, she's, she's beautiful she's beautiful she's fun she's, she's funny engaging. yeah but yeah so he's he's definitely a little bit into her and you can tell in this scene so th- yeah that, that that's it for that scene and then we get uh another luke's diner scene the luke's diner scene of the episode it's not that important but i do just want to go over the dialogue between rory and luke because it's cute <laughs> Luke brings her a pie because she well she's she's studying at the diner and she tosses uh, a pencil in frustration and so he brings her over a piece of pie uh, and says violent pencil tossing signals a need for pie and she responds what if I'd thrown a pen and he says I would have brought you a trout she says what (laughs) he goes i don't make the rules i just carry them out (laughs) so and that that's our luke for the episode not really important but lorelei that's cute but lorelei shows up and sees that rory is eating a piece of pie and not dinner and sees this as further proof that rory is in a bad place and then they finally Mm -hmm. talk about the d and that's when they talk about the bike. You don't fail. You never fail. <laughs> so then we get, uh, after that, we get we go back to school and we get uh, another scene with oh, Paris, which I Paris. like. Paris. This is so hard. It's tough, but I will say I appreciate Paris's style. She quotes a Shakespeare sonnet. 116, by the yes, way. Yes, My favorite Shakespearean. <laughs> actually, everybody's favorite. It's, it's the one that when you hear a sonnet, it's the one that they always say, love is not love, which alters when alteration finds. Yes. So it's it's just it's a famous the most famous sonnet it's beautiful doesn't mean exactly what people think it means yeah but it's still very beautiful but yeah it's 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 beautiful and it's and she, reads, it's, she recites it to yeah, it behind her it's a power speaking move. into her ear yeah it's it's, it's a power so move she's reciting it from memory mm-hmm. to just kind of rub in the fact that 
Paris already knows she's going to do well on this test, and Rory doesn't. And she is mm-hmm. delighting in that fact. Uh, and she en- yeah. she ends it with, you're going down. We do not love Paris yet. <laughs> I love her a little bit. <laughs> do you? <laughs> Um, but it's but she's tough in this episode. It's it's tough to like her in this episode. I guess I would mm-hmm. say in this episode, I love her, but I don't like her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I I, I I appreciate Paris. Yes. I know that she's smart, and I can I can see in everything. I mean, in everything that she does in this episode to torture Rory, it's all insecurity. You know, you can just kind of see it. It's it's all insecurity. She's delighting in having the drop on Rory and and hoping that maybe if she grinds her down, she'll remain on top. But you can kind of see that the reason she's doing that is because she sees Rory as a threat. And, and this is also foreshadowing for the big scene that comes yes. at the end of the episode. So yeah. it's all kind of leading up to this. All these people seem to be out to put Rory in her place. Yes. And this is one of those ways to grind her down. For sure. Okay, and then we get another scene of Suki going crazy in the kitchen, checking to make sure we're getting everything in order. Okay, so yeah, Suki is basically convinced that something went wrong that wasn't the risotto, and that's why the the food critic didn't love the risotto. And so she's trying to figure out what it might have been by like asking questions about what happened that night, trying to figure out what night he came. Trying to figure out when he came, who waited on on him what wines were served with the yeah, food and exactly. that is eventually exactly. the clue that she reaches that they served yeah. uh, a sweet wine uh, a german it's a riesling Riesling, um, it's yeah. a, not quite yet, but yeah, the, in the next scene, she finally figures out that he had a Riesling with the risotto, and I think one of them, I think Lorelai says that he, he might as well have been drinking, like, gasoline or something? I can't remember what it was, yeah. but it's apparently, for whatever reason, a Riesling completely ruins the flavor of the risotto. It's not the right pairing. It's not the right pairing, <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, okay, so then we get a scene of Lorelai and Rory studying late into the night, which this is... Another minor issue that I have, and this is not specific to this show, I have seen a lot of television shows do this where they act like English tests are the same thing as history tests. Like, I don't think... Oh, I... Thank you. I thought the same thing. Is she just memorizing She's facts memorizing here? memorizing dates. What year was this play written in? Yeah, dates. Excuse me? Like, I mean, I, I remember, like, taking English tests where you'd have to, like, know a little bit about the era, but I think it was extremely rare to have to list off. Like, I never had a test. and I, I went to a school where we did two Shakespeare plays a year every single year, at a minimum, if not more. I never mm-hmm. had to list off when Shakespeare was born, the exact date each play came out, the exact date he wrote a sonnet, that never came up in a in an English class. English is not a date mm-hmm. memorization class. No, it's not. It, it, except for how it relates to I mean there are some exceptions to that. So how when he was writing these yeah, plays, the what was what was the history that was happening? Because yeah. he wrote about it. He yes. wrote about Elizabeth, he wrote about the history that was happening around him. So as it relates to current events, yeah. Then, then maybe. Mm-hmm. But yeah, to know what year he was born and actually we don't know what year he was born. Yeah. So I <laughs> to put some put some you know trivia out there we don't know i mean with with we know he's born in april we think he was born in april with 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 some texts you do want to know a little bit about the history for sure 
it's more yeah, the, especially, the yeah. date memorization that gets to me. Mm. I mean, I think in in my recollection, the text that for us was given the most historical context was the Inferno by Dante, um, because yeah, so so much of that full of yeah. full of stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, but the, the only thing memory work you did was actually mem- memorizing the poems. Um, the poems yeah. or, or the, the speeches yeah. or yeah, you had to memorize. That's that's the only memory work, and that's not easy to do. And, yeah. and I I love that about Thomas Jefferson that they that they did that because memory work is we had to do memory work in grade school, and then I never had to do it again. And I really think that's why I don't retain stuff at this point in life. And I, I almost feel like I should go back and start doing memory work again. It, it's really good for your brain, it and is, I think yeah. the teachers of Thomas Jefferson got that. Plus, you've got this beautiful poetry in your mind. For for the rest of your life yeah so it's you know it's it's a brilliant thing to do but it's really the only memorization you do when it comes to shakespeare yeah also so yeah that was a at, problem at tj i would say 95 to 98 percent of the time when we did memory work we didn't write it down we had to recite it in front of the class mm-hmm. because part of the reason that we were doing the memory work was it was kind of a training for being able to do public speaking oh isn't that what isn't that how everybody does it I mean, I don't. That's how I did. I don't too. know how anyone does it, but Rory's doing this for a written test. Well, that's true. That's true. Yeah, you're right. The, the only time I did memory work in high school, and it was Shakespeare, it was Hamlet. We had to do it out loud. Yeah, I mean, it exactly. wasn't. Yeah. You can, because if you have to, if you can write it down, you can sit there and think about it for a minute. But when you when you do mem- when you do uh, spoken memory work, you not only memorize it and speak it, you're supposed to yeah. give it feeling and you know, emphasis and, and accentuate the right words. So. You know, it's 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 almost like acting. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I don't know. But this is not specific to Gilmore Girls. I've seen multiple shows. Uh, yeah, for teenagers, where it's easy. I, it's an easy thing to do. Yeah, I think I show. think it's I think it's because it's much harder to visually show someone writing an essay. Well, and what we, if she's quizzing her and stuff because they stay yeah. up really late into the night. This let's prep the scene a little bit. They stay up late into the night. Yes. And with uh, Lorelai prepping Rory and asking her, what's this? What's the answer to this one? What's the answer to that? And, mm-hmm. and presumably she's doing it off of a cheat sheet. I mean, off of a, a study sheet yeah. that the teacher has given them. So, or that so Rory doing herself with, has written. Or that Rory has, yeah. But she knew what, what to put into it. So so she's prepping her. And to prep for a, a real test like this, you would want to go over the things the uh, things that happen, the action that happens yeah. in the novel or the play or whatever, you know, make a cheat sheet for yourself that way, and then the themes that are discussed in each, mm-hmm. you know, in, in, in the, and and how the theme is, has, is played out. You might, you know, make a list of three or four things that you want to talk about in your essay yeah. uh, and then memorize that. Yeah. That's really the only thing you memorize. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> again, it's just, it's very antithetical to my memory of studying for English tests specifically I don't remember apart from memory work which was its own separate thing like when we did memory work that was what we did that day there was not also a written test if you're doing a written test unless unless it was a grammar specific test I it wasn't really a thing that you had to study for except to like you didn't because (laughs) you have incredible (laughs) but also I read the recalls I read no, the t- Sarah. You have you have incredible recall. I had to study like 
you wouldn't believe. I mean, I, I literally had for everything that every time there was a major test, you know, it would usually be two or three books or, or plays or whatever, poems yeah. or whatever, two or three things that you had to bring in. And I had a cheat sheet for each one of them. And I would memorize the things were on it because otherwise, and I, I couldn't, couldn't pull it forward. You know, well, I know this what happens. What is that character's name? God damn it. <laughs> I mean, so you, you don't have to do that because you yeah. have great recall, but I, some people don't. Some of us do have to study, but not facts and dates yeah. and, and the stuff that they're recording, they're doing this scene. Well, I so, think yeah. that's what I'm saying is like, I mean, yes, like you, you, you would have to like refresh. I, I think usually if we were doing, you know, not a, an, an end of semester exam, if we were just doing a, a test uh, in an English class, it was usually only on one work or at most two. So you might have to refresh like the names or whatever, but mostly the test would be writing an essay or writing like maybe not a whole right. essay, but like writing about the themes. You don't have to or, write or about short question. Short question, but that's yeah. that's writing. It's it's asking you to to, to describe a theme or whatever, yeah. maybe a paragraph, but it's still essay writing. Yeah. But anyway, so, I know. I I get. I completely agree with what you're saying. It, it's not. What they were studying is not what you would study. But anyway, the, the what happens in the scene is so horrifying to me. Yeah. And yet it is so expected and there's been so much foreshadowing. They have told her she can't miss the test and they never did say that she couldn't be late. I don't remember him saying that. Yeah. But anyway, so they they oversleep and there's a, a series of things that happens. She goes in and checks on her mom who's asleep and she covers her up and then later on her mom comes into the kitchen and sees she's asleep at the table and Lorelai, bless her heart, doesn't make that kid get up and go to her room and set her alarm. Really? What kind of mother are you? <laughs> you let her. You think it's so cute that she's asleep at the sleep at the table. Yeah. I'm just gonna leave her there. No, no I wouldn't have done that. First of all, how do you fall asleep at a table? I don't. I don't how do know. You fall <laughs> I do not know physically how they fell asleep at that table. And yeah, in that moment, it's just all I can do is scream, "Set an alarm, Lorelai! Make her go to bed. Set an alarm." <laughs> But of course, if they had, then we wouldn't have the, the denouement. Yeah. <laughs> Is that the right word? At the, at the end. So she she doesn't miss the test, but she does have to drive herself. Well, she doesn't miss it. She has to drive herself, first of all, because Lorelai has an appointment. Yes. Really? She has a, really? a meeting, I think. A meeting. But, but you, yeah. you can't let somebody else handle that while you drive your daughter to school. And if she had driven her to school, she probably would have gotten back in time for the meeting. So she, anyway, they, they're, they're creating... They're creating a crisis yes, here. Yeah. So, so she has to drive herself, and she pulls over at one point because mm-hmm. she can't find her notes for something. No, get to school yeah. and then look for your damn notes. It's but pr- she pulls over because they have to create a situation where a deer can run into the car into the and car. hit her. That's the title, the deer hunter. Yeah. So- <laughs> I, yeah so yeah it's it's definitely a i mean it's it's a funny situation but it is i'm also frustrated with rory in this scene because oh very frustrated. she knows she's running late and she stops the car in the middle of the forest which like okay she's in connecticut i've been there a lot of it does look like that uh there's a lot of rural roads yeah it with, looks like a set it looks like a, a wooded set it does, to me but, but okay it do, i've i've done a lot of driving in connecticut and there is a lot there is there are a lot of roads that are like that i, I don't think that that's okay. i mean she's supposed to be i think the school is supposed to be pretty close to hartford which is a city so it's definitely pushing it 
a little bit, but there are a lot of rural Forest, roads. Forestry. Yeah. For, rural, yeah, yeah, that's rural it. Rural roads yeah. surrounded by woods. It's, it's not out of the question for sure. But then she just stops there and calls Lane in order, be, be, because she's missing some of her notes and she yep. wants to see if she left them there. And I'm just like, Rory, you don't have any more time to study. Why are you doing this? Get to school. What, what are you going to well, do? As I was watching this, I thought, you know, when, when the, he's sitting there and the deer runs into the car, they were trying to find something comparable to the dog ate my, my, yeah. my, my paperwork, my homework. Um, something that is so bizarre, nobody will believe her. Yeah. So the, I could see the writer sitting there trying to come, well, what if she pulls the car over and a, and a deer runs into it? Nobody will believe that. Yeah. And that's what happens. Nobody yeah. believes her. She gets to school. She's 15, 20 minutes late, 20 minutes late. Plenty of time to take the test yeah. and do well. Yeah. But their rule is you can't be late, and yeah. I don't understand that. I don't. I don't That's understand a rule I don't that. Understand. Also, every school is different. I don't think TJ had this rule. I'm pretty sure. In fact, I remember specifically <laughs> this one day. I remember because I didn't want to take this test. Maybe we've had too many TJ stories during this episode, but uh, that's I, an educational episode. <laughs> I uh, there was a period of time where I took the um, metro bus to school, the city bus to school, mm-hmm. and they changed the out one day in the middle of winter oh, yeah. without announcing it or at least without announcing it in a way that we knew about it. I used to mm-hmm. get on the bus at this very specific spot and it basically just went down this one road about half an hour and then I would get off right in front of school and they changed it so that I would basically they, they changed it to essentially two buses. That You had to change it to a transfer station. Yeah, that bus then went to a transfer station and there was supposed to be another bus that would go from that transfer station down to the end and of the And this line. happened on a day it snowed. It snowed. There was snow it on was, the ground. It was the first crate like I mean this is I guess a pretty comparable situation because it was another like act of god uh situation. Yeah. <laughs> it was so they changed the bus route and it was snowing like crazy so i get on the bus no idea that it's gonna go to a different place and then suddenly it gets on the highway and i start freaking out i was like 15 <laughs> at the time i, I think 14, well it was 15. eighth grade it was eighth, eighth grade, grade so 14 she didn't start yeah and this bus starts going the wrong way and then it stops at this transfer station that i've never seen before and i go up to the front and ask the bus driver what's going on and she tells me that i have to transfer and i was like i i didn't know that how do i even transfer and she gets mad at me because uh, i think we had paid 125 for the ticket and a transfer ticket is supposed to be 150 so she gives me a transfer ticket and then says you owe me 25 cents <laughs> I remember. Oh boy! And there's a whole lot more to this story uh, yeah, yeah, too, no, because so I ended up calling. I called Metro and yelled at them about this. But anyway, so I mean, so I, get I... Off, I get off the bus <laughs> with my transfer, and it's snowing. It's really cold. Fortunately, I did have an extra pair of pants in my bag, so I end up pulling out this pair of pants and pulling but, them on. Standing... But what you didn't have. Oh, yeah, was a phone or a watch. <laughs> what I didn't have was a phone or a watch. Uh, yeah. So I'm standing outside. It's snowing. I'm basically like on the side of the highway. Like there's a transfer station and there is a roof, but there was no way to go inside. They hadn't opened the inside part of the transfer station yet. So I'm literally standing outside. I wait until there's no one around, pull on my pants uh, under my skirt, and then I keep waiting. I have no idea how much time is passing, but she did she did tell me that the bus I was waiting for would come 
where that bus had dropped me off because there were a couple of spots at the station. Uh, and she told me what the number was. And so I was waiting for it. And one bus comes and I think, oh, that's got to be it. But it's the wrong bus. And then it leaves. Another one comes. I think, that, oh, that's got to be it. But it leaves. Also, she told me that it should be there within the next 15 minutes. Like, I shouldn't have been waiting that long. Finally, at a certain point. But there point, was snow on the ground. But the, Everything it, was late. The, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It was snowing. And it was snowing a lot. It was snowing, like, the was whole a lot. time. It was, like, yeah. at least six inches deep, if not more. But, yeah. So, at a certain point, I think, man, it has been a long time. I have seen several buses come and go. I really don't know how long it's been because I have no phone and no watch, but it feels like it's been probably at least 45 minutes, which must be too long. So finally, I think, okay, it's cold. I've been out here a while. I got to go do something about this. The nearest building is like a quarter of a mile away. I can see it, but it's over this like huge snow covered hill. So I have to like trek down this crazy hill in my like skirt and like thin workout pants. <laughs> Uh, and I get down there and, that, and, and cross a very busy street then, with no inter- with no crosswalk. Yeah, exactly. Cross one of the biggest, busiest streets in St. Louis, no crosswalk, run across it and get into a uh, an office building that's across the street. And I asked them if I can use their phone. They were very nice. And they said yes. And then I look at the phone and the phone has the time on it. I had been out there for two and a half hours. <laughs> And I had no it was, idea. It was a it was a horrible situation, but you survived it, and you and you didn't have to take the test that morning. No, I did. But, uh, that, and, so that, that's that's the thing is. Oh, then you I took got it later there, in the day. No, I was I was about fifteen minutes late for the test, and he just made me take it. I just had to take it right there. That's the, the point of the story is I still had to take the stupid math test that was well, happening. Well, so getting getting back to Rory and Lorelai. Yes. Uh, we've had foreshadowing in several scenes that she was going to miss this death. We knew it was going to happen. I think I knew it as soon as the teacher said there would be no makeups yep. in that very early scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the best thing about missing this test, and I realize I'm getting ahead a little bit, but in this in this scene where he will not he will not let her take the test because she's 15, 20 minutes late. I don't know if the, the headmaster doesn't walk in at that point. It's no, just the teacher, it's right? It's just the teacher, yeah. Okay, so the teacher's telling her. He said it's the rules. Uh, you know what the rules are. And this is the first time we've heard this rule. We knew she there would be no makeup, but the, I don't remember them saying anything about her being late. So anyway, yeah. um, so he's, he, he's telling her this, and she's yelling. Mm-hmm. She is yelling at the teacher. She's yelling back at the teacher, mm-hmm. and then... Paris makes a snickering comment. I don't even remember what it was. But she yells at Paris. Yep. And, and it takes her down a peg perfectly. Yeah. And then yells at Tristan, takes him down a peg too. And I have such great admiration for her in this scene. Yeah. She has found her voice. She may have missed the test. And there are going to be consequences for that. But it was a big catharsis when she yells at, at Paris and Tristan. Yeah. Even if she did have to miss the test to do it, she grew up here, she found her voice, yes. and I was so proud of her in this scene. But then, <laughs> well, do you have a comment about this before we go to the last scene? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I feel pretty much the same way. It's, she, you know, she's finally at the end of her rope. Like, it's finally yeah. too much for her, and she goes This off. calm person, and we were talking earlier about how calm and steady she is. Yes. Nothing ruffles her feathers. And, and this did. Part of the reason that, that Lorelai hadn't realized that anything was wrong is because she's been so she, stoic about it. She kept it close to her chest, yeah. yeah. And 
And plus, she doesn't want to, she doesn't, Rory is not somebody who likes to break the rules. She's yeah. a rule follower. Mm-hmm. Her mother is not. Her yeah. mother is a rule breaker. Yeah. But but Rory is a rule follower, and yet she feels this rule is incredibly unfair. And it is. It is. It's very unfair. It's a it's a rule that makes no sense. Yeah. And in fact, when and I'm getting a little bit ahead here, but the, the, the headmaster says to her, yes, 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 and the dog ate your homework. Yeah. I'm sorry, you asshole. But you need to listen to this story. And even if there even if you can't let the rule slide for this situation you should at least acknowledge that the situation happened and be a little bit kinder you can say i understand this happened i unfortunately cannot do anything about it because this is these are our rules we would have to go to our board or whatever and change these rules these are the rules and in a school if it's not life-threatening you have to follow the rules if he said this in a more humane manner to her yeah i I think it would have been a little bit easier for everybody to swallow for both her and her mother who who shows up and is in this scene and she starts yelling at the headmaster what does she call him oh el duce el duce yeah So anyway, it's so yeah. It, it it's just it's just horrible. But yeah. anyway, you you go ahead and take take it away. Um, I mean, yeah, I you know I feel the the same way about it. I feel like um, I mean, I think from Headmaster Chilton's point of view that, and this is kind of the ethos of the whole school. He thinks that having these you know unbending rules is just the the best way to make sure that only the best and brightest succeed at Chilton. And we keep coming back to how class works in this show and Rory and her mother are actually relatively quite privileged compared to your actual average American but I do think that this is kind of an interesting example of like to an extent this was not Rory's fault and this is unfair I mean it is true that her car was hit by a deer which is something that she could not have foreseen I I will say from I, I think we're supposed to take that it's not her fault from my perspective, it's annoying that she stopped that long to talk to Lane. Oh, yeah. and They make she, mistakes over and over and again she gets, yeah, to create she, this. She gets out of the car and chases the deer down. And I know that that's... Be- yes! That's because she's you know she she cares it's because she's empathetic and she's worried that the deer hurt itself but it's also like girl you got to get to that test and Um, why did she pull over to begin with why didn't she she set her alarm yeah there are there are all kinds of they made mistake after mistake after mistake because i think they were used to when she was in public school flouting the rules a little bit yeah uh, there was a lot more flexibility when all you had to do was get up in the morning, throw some clothes on, and walk down the street to the school. Yeah. But, but when you're going to a school that you have to take a half an hour bus to get to, and there are strict rules, you have to have more structure in your life, which yeah. is something that Rory really would not have a problem with because it's her nature to yeah. be structured. But her mother is not like that, yeah. and she's a huge influence on her. And I think this is this part of the transition for Rory into into recognizing that as much as she loves her mother her you still have to have structure and you know the funny thing is that when 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 Lorelai goes to work she has structure she has rules they have to follow and she won't let them break the rules but for some reason when it comes to Chilton she thinks they should break the rules for Rory when she knows in her heart that she and Rory made lots of mistakes to get to this point for sure so 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 that's a problem but it's the headmaster's 
attitude that is so I mean demoralizing and aggravating for sure but I also think that there's something to be said for the fact that like if your rules are uniform for everybody then they're actually going to be harder for some people than for others based on like the simple fact of life I mean for instance if your rule is it costs you know, $100,000 to go to this school every year, and that's the same rule as it is for everybody, so it's fair. That's not fair. Not everyone can afford that. Some people can afford that easily, and some people will never be able to afford that. So Mm -hmm. making a uniform rule and applying it uniformly to everyone does mean that it's not going to be fair to some people. And in this instance, you know, the fact that Rory lives much farther away and doesn't have Mm -hmm. access to, like, say, more than one car or whatever, that in itself means that she is at a disadvantage. Again, I I think they made mistakes, but I, I think part of what's happening here is... Chilton is an elite school and they have rules that do not bend for anyone and the truth of the matter is when your rules don't bend for anyone that means they're going to be unfair to some people somebody yeah and and there's also a power situation going on yes. here too the headmaster knows he has the power to make this decision and chooses not to yes chooses not to make an exception he says we're not here to be fair we're here to educate and then he dismisses her and said and opens the door and says that will be all mm-hmm. like she's in the military and she's a she's a private and he's a general mm-hmm. excuse me so he's he's definitely got a seat of power here that he is wielding over these two women yeah. and that pisses me off. I mean yeah. the whole that that whole scene is just really hard for me to watch because well, I mean I do think that the scene in, in the in the classroom was great because she she does find her voice. But the way they talk to Lorelai, at least the way the headmaster talks to her, is is uncalled for. Yeah. And if it were me, I'd be ready to give up too. Yeah. And she is ready to give up. But Rory is not is ready not. to give up. Yeah. And yeah. Mm-hmm. So then, um, okay, just want to quickly mention it so that we mention it. We do get a, sh- uh, a quick cutaway to Suki showing up at oh, the, the great critics' scenes. house. Yeah. And am I right in saying that we never see the critic's face? Never see his face, yeah. um, and that's deliberate because she doesn't want to see his face. Yes, she wants to. Hi- she doesn't want because if he ever, she ever has to as a chef, she doesn't. She wants to make sure that his reviews are always of her work. Yeah, and she doesn't want you know what how, how to how to give what's him, a she good want to way give to him special this. treatment. Special treatment. She yeah. doesn't be tempted to give him special treatment if she sees him come in. Yeah. So she's being very fair. We don't even see what happens if he likes it or not. We don't. Um, yeah. which is kind of frustrating. But she she but, shows um, up with but, the risotto and and the, the wine. wine. <laughs> the correct wine to be paired with the risotto. <laughs> yes. And then she also. But she doesn't. She has passes it behind her, so yes. she doesn't see his face. So she doesn't see him. Yeah. She explains who she is, and he's confused because he gave her a good review, but. She she asks him to try it anyway, and then she insults his cooking because <laughs> apparently she too can salty. smell. It's too yeah. salty. I she can, can smell, smell it. Smell yeah. that it's yeah. too salty, which makes me think that it must be very salty indeed if she can smell it. Or she just has an extra sensitive nose, but um... yeah, a magic nose. Um, but yeah. So anyway, that so that's kind of our our wrap up for Suki's storyline, and then we get back to Rory and Lorelai, and this is when we get um the conversation of Lorelai. Um, Uh, And this kind of goes back to how Lorelai is a different parent than a lot of these other parents. She Mm -hmm. is a little bit worried that this D is an indication that maybe 
Rory isn't right for Chilton and maybe basically Lorelai is a little bit worried that she has actually projected her own dreams onto Rory and that it's, it's yes. not really what Rory and wants. And actually there's an early early in the episode and I can't remember where it is but she talks about well it meets with the teacher where she talks about at the parent teacher meeting yeah. uh, how when she was four I used to talk to her about Harvard. Yes. So she says that at that point I thought was Harvard your idea or yeah. her idea? So I, I don't know if we ever come back to this but at the end of the episode she is, she is speaking that out loud. Was it my idea? Was it your idea? Is this really something you want? And yeah. they always come back to Harvard rather than children because yes. it's, it's the the longer the longer goal is to go to Harvard. Yeah. But then who was it? Was it the first time we meet the headmaster in the or one of the either the first or second episode where he asks her why she wants to go to Harvard and he asks her what she wants to do after Harvard yeah. and she says I want to be a journalist. I want to travel the world and be a journalist and write and write about things. Yeah. So to me, that's the goal. Yeah. She wants to have a life that is the one she's has in her mind of being a writer and traveling traveling the world being a journalist harvard is a stepping stone to get there and yet they often treat it like it's the goal yeah which and then maybe later i think later on in the series she realizes that and they and they uh change that a little bit but at this point it's still the goal but they have a conversation about whether she should quit yes and she says no yeah. I am not quitting. Yeah, R- Rory is still committed. Um, also, what happens in this scene is they're they're driving home from school, and Rory has Lorelai pull over at the spot mm-hmm. where the deer ran into her. The deer, and they then, ran into her. They show it for the first time. Oh no, no, that's yeah. later. They show it later. They, but she also says, "Get out of the You don't car. think I can do it? Yeah. She says, "I." You don't, before they get out of the car, she says, um, "You are you saying I should quit? You don't think I should do it?" Yeah. Which makes me think that it was the best thing Lorelai could have done. Could have said to a truly competitive person is, do you want to quit? Yeah. yeah. I just want to make that point. I think she handles that right, even though you can see on her face she's not really sure she's handling it right. Yeah. But she does handle it right. So anyway, so they, they do. They pull over the car and they look for the deer. And I think this is actually why the episode is called The Deer Hunters, because they're literally the two of them hunting for the deer in this scene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they get They're hunting to... for the deer. I wonder if they, if they had something else in mind, too, though, because Rory's a bit of a deer herself you know deer in the headlights kind of thing um so i think there's that imagery going on there too but it's it's definitely every every i say this about every episode but every episode seems to be a step in her growth yeah for sure to to who she's becoming as an adult yeah uh and in this episode that involves finding a dead deer, which they never find. We don't. We we think he's yeah. still alive. He yeah. or she. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it died because it kept running after. I it mean, kept it, running. It might have a concussion. Yeah. <laughs> it um, did some damage to that door. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But it, it kept running, and they don't find it again. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the deer hunter? I have not. I have, but it's been it's been fifty years. I mean, I saw yeah. it when it first came out, and it, it so it the, the deer hunter is a movie about Vietnam vets. Yeah, uh, Vietnam and Vietnam veterans and how they hunt deer and hunt humans. And there's a the okay. whole I couldn't really tell you what the exact thing. It's an anti-war film for sure, yeah. but I couldn't tell you what the exact themes were other than that. Uh, Robert De Niro's in it, and uh, which Christopher Walken in his oh, yeah. first major film role fell in love with him. He was. 
so good. That's and we'd have to, maybe we should go back and watch the Deer Hunter at some point. Yeah. And see if it relates to this. See if it relates to this, <laughs> to this, this, yeah. this episode about school tests. Because they really, you know, Rory and Lorelai really are into movies and music and culture and stuff. Yeah. So th- there's probably a real specific. But the the basic reference is that they're hunting this deer yeah. who hit her and is probably alive. It's it's almost like a MacGuffin. It is a little bit and. And I think it's also, like I said earlier, Rory gets out of the car to look for it because she's genuinely concerned about the deer, even though it kind of messed up her day. And I think in this last scene, Lorelai just gets out unquestioningly to help her look for it. Because that's what she's And then she's they just do. walk in circles yep. and talk. <laughs> and you never, the, the circles never end. Yep. <laughs> they never find the deer. But um, there is one final thing that happens. Do you yes. want to describe it? Yeah. So then they get home. And Max Medina calls uh, and leaves a message on listeners. There used to be this thing. <laughs> <laughs> there, there used to be this thing called that, an answer an machine, answering machine uh, <laughs> where you could leave a message. And sometimes if you were actually there when someone was leaving a message for you on your answering machine, it would play while you were in the room. It um, would always, not sometimes, but they, that was the nature of answering machines. So you could you could tell who, who it was. Yeah. Because it was not everybody had caller id at this point yes so all, sometimes the only way you would know who was calling is if you listen to uh and that's why a lot of times in movies from earlier eras you, you hear people say pick up pick up <laughs> yeah they want you to <laughs> yeah it, it used to be a way of screening your calls you, you could listen to that's a little it. bit of the message and pick it up if you wanted to talk to them so they get home and max medina the teacher is leaving them a message saying that rory can do some extra credit to make up for the test and also telling lorelei that it was delightful to encounter her <laughs> I think those are the words he uses. So the extra credit offer. Yes, the extra credit So offer. in his message, he says that uh, Il Duce and he have discussed it. Uh, and she can do some extra credit to make up uh, for some of the, the And You know, she's got the D yeah. on the first thing. And then this paper, this test, was going to be 20% of her grade. And they don't yeah. say if that's a semester grade or the year grade. It's still a significant amount. Yeah. So my feeling is, even though the headmaster acted like an absolute asshole, yeah. the confrontation confrontation with Lorelai must have got him to thinking got yeah. it you know affected him in a way that it made him think yeah and he and he he consented to allow um the teacher to offer her extra credit to make up the grade yeah I think it's it's also possible that he wanted to you know talk a tough talk but maybe still does just want Rory to succeed and this is part of my issue with this rule is that my feeling is the reason you have rules like that is because you want people to be serious about what's happening and the way that Rory and Lorelai acted even though they were late proved that they were serious about this test and this school and Rory's academic future so my feeling is that though they failed by the letter of the law by the spirit of the law they succeeded the point of these rules is be serious about this, show up on time, be respectful. They are serious and respectful about this. They just yeah. didn't manage to show up on time. But sometimes one thing can be true without the other thing being true. Well, and it's a learning experience for them both. They'll never not set an alarm again. Yes. You know, Lorelai will learn to respect. And this was a big turning point for her. Yes. That she realizes this school is serious. Yeah. And I've got to support my daughter and let her be the serious person she is and needs to be 
for the requirements at this school. No more can we go out and get ice cream at 11 o'clock when mm-hmm. she's studying. So she she wakes up. It's a wake-up call for her. Yeah. And it, it was a reaffirmation, I think, for Rory, who realizes this is good for me. I want to be here. I want to do this. I can do this. Yeah. You know, I, I have to get used to a few things, but I am just as good as these other kids. I deserve to be here. I'm smart, and I can make this happen to make it work. And she does. Yeah. There may be other issues like this, but none as serious as this one. I think also, and you know, I don't think we have enough evidence for this one way or the other, but I, I feel like maybe part of what's happening is, and what we, we do already know that Rory was kind of a star at her old oh, high yeah. school. The smart girl. And I think that extended to the rest of the town. I think the whole town is a little bit, Rory and Lorelai are kind of stars in the town, the town of Stars Hollow. Stars Hollow. <laughs> and, and I think maybe the town has made a lot of allowances for them in the past. I, I You know, I don't oh. have a ton of evidence Luke has yeah but yeah exactly like that the whole town to a certain extent kind of revolves around them and they've they've adopted them they adopted them and and uh the two of them became their family yeah so i mean this is this is their this is their chosen family the town the townspeople and yeah i think you're right when it's your family you you make allowances for them but in the real world in the corporate world in any kind of job that you go to and this is what i was thinking when they were having this conversation with the headmaster is that you know when you go to work your boss is going to talk to you like this. Your yep. boss is going to want you to be on time. Yep. And if you miss an important meeting, which Lorelai wouldn't give up to get her daughter to school on yeah. time, when you miss an important meeting, you could get fired. So all of this is, is part of the education. And I also, to, to the headmaster's credit, I think he realizes that, that these two have to get with the program. They're a little too flouncy. <laughs> I mean, you know, they, they need to be, I mean, Rory isn't by nature, but by training she yeah. is because she's, she's done what her mother has done. But now she really needs to get with it and keep moving. And I just have one final thought on this. The grandparents do not appear in this episode. Very true. Uh, yeah. And that so, brings us to the end of the episode. So that that's your final thought. That's my final thought. All right. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Although I did want to look up the actor who played Max Medina because he's a character actor that I've seen in a lot of things, but I can't get IMDb to open for me. So um, he's he just has these these I want to say starring character roles over the years. Here he's very young, but I've seen him in other shows in the last 20 or 25 years, and he's been around a lot. I can't think of what his name is, but anyway. Well, he's he's going to continue to be in the show for a while, so we can talk about okay. him. We can talk about ne- next, next week. week. Okay. Um, or in two weeks, rather. Yeah. Okay. That, that's... that, dear listeners, is all for today. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I'm Tessa Dare. You can find me at my website, tessadare.com, or you can follow me on Instagram at author.tess.adare, uh, or on Twitter at author Tess Adare, all one word, and that's T-E-S-S-A-D-A-I-R. And what Tess keeps forgetting to tell you guys is that you can sign up for, for her email list. Oh, yes. At TessaDare.com. And I'm Beth. Uh, You can find me on Instagram at STL underscore writer underscore Beth, B-E-T-H. This has been Where You Lead, our brilliant and fun new podcast (laughs) about the Gilmore Girls from the perspective of a mother and daughter. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed it, and we'll tune in for our next episode in two weeks. See you then. All right.